This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Allegedly, somewhere in the mid-1900s, a London playwright came up with a diabolical prank. He decided that he would write an anonymous and identical letter to 10 different leading men in the city of London. Basically, what that letter said was, we know what you have done. Unless you leave town, you will be exposed. Allegedly, within six months, all 10 men had moved out of London. Insidious, diabolical prank. It shows us, however, the influence and the power of guilt, right? Guilt has many facets to it. One of them is is insecurity because if we are found out, we think that, that people won't like us anymore, that they will shun us, that they will turn away from us, that they will know us for who we really are. And the insecurity just grows. I'm told by police officers that often they make their biggest bust when they're going to pull someone over simply for a minor traffic violation. But the criminal inside the car isn't thinking about the light bulb that's out on the front or whatever, but is thinking about that other crime they committed, and so they make a run for it. It's kind of like what Proverbs 28.1 says in in the paraphrase, the message, it says this, the wicked are edgy with guilt, ready to run off even when no one's after them. When people do bad things, evil things, sinful things, right? Um, They'll do anything to keep from being caught. Sometimes we can pull off some pretty good lies and even worse. See, that's kind of the setting. It's not kind of, it is the setting of Psalm 32 that we're looking tonight. What David did, he knew was wrong. He was guilty, but he he had to cover that up. He had to find a way to try and get out of it, right? He, He had committed adultery with Bathsheba. He knew it was wrong. But then the plan started, the scheming started. And the first one wasn't all that bad, but it didn't work. And finally, it ended up in the death of Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, all to try and keep from getting caught. Guilt keeps us stuck in the past. If only I had. I wish I hadn't. I knew I shouldn't have. Guilt messes with us, right? There's this uneasiness that is on. There's stress. There's sleepless nights. Isn't it amazing how well our stomach can keep score when it comes to guilt? King David said, the writer of Psalm 32, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Our reasons for guilt are exponential, right? We, we just went through the Ten Commandments and, and what they were all about. And you know, the, the bottom line is, is if we could just keep the First Commandment, 
we would keep all the rest, right? And so what that also means is, is that while we're breaking all those other commandments, we're really, we're breaking that first one. We try to cover it up in a lot of different ways. Uh, we try to cover it up by, by ripping on ourselves or by saying, well, it's not as bad as what someone else has done. We try to cover up by just being busy uh, by hobbies, by exercise, you name it. We try to cover up in so many ways, but haven't you noticed that those cover-up things don't work? But I want you to know there is an antidote to guilt, and it's just the exact opposite of what we try to do so often. The antidote to guilt is not cover-up, but it's confession. King David said, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. The antidote is confession. Guilt is what we feel when we've done something wrong or we haven't done the, the good things that we ought to have. Shame is what we feel even after we've confessed our sin. Right? And what happens there is Satan is accusing us. Satan is saying, you know, you're pathetic. You're so, there is no way. There's no way that God's going to forgive you for that. There's no way that God loves you. I mean, maybe he does for everyone else, but you knew better. You had the inside track. You had this amazing, and you, not no way. See, Satan's name, it means accuser. And he accuses you and me. He tries to convince us that, you know, God is going to bless you on the basis of how well you do, right? And since you haven't done well, <laughs> don't expect him to bless you. He really doesn't care. You see, when Satan is accusing you and me of sin, he's not only attacking our character, but he's also attacking the character of God. He's saying that God changes based on how you act, but God doesn't change. His character is flawless. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we come to tonight with all of our sins our, and our weaknesses and everything. Understand that all those things put together are not near as big and powerful as God's grace and love and mercy and forgiveness. And at the same time, don't, don't think that sin is no big deal. The wages of sin is death, okay? It's just that God's greatness and his grace and love are so much bigger than that. It's kind of like we could think, you know, in, in some way that, that God and, and all of who he is, his love and forgiveness is as big as Mount Everest. And all of our sins are as big as a grain of sand, Okay? Again, sin is super serious. It's deadly, but God's love is so much greater than that. Psalm 103 says this for you and me. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now, let's settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They are red as crimson. They shall be like wool. Friends, here's, here's the truth. God doesn't hold grudges. God is not uh, 
scheming with a plan to destroy you? God is not waiting for just the right time to... No, God is pouring out, unleashing his love on you right now. God is planning your eternity in heaven right now. Right now. Imagine that you're a college student and you're home for spring break, okay? Your mom says, you can have the car today, but I I need you to take me to the salon and, and then pick me up from the salon, okay? And remember... Your dad's boss is going to be eating supper with us tonight at six, okay? And so you take your mom to the salon, you drop her off. It's just starting to mist a little bit as you drop her off there. And and you go and you meet your friends at the, the Starbucks. And you're sitting there and you're drinking your coffee and everything and you're having a great time and and you guys decide, hey, let's go grab something to eat. You know, let's go out for lunch. You got plenty of time, right? And you go out for lunch and you're just catching up with your other friends that are home from college as well. And and then, you know, you've had lunch and let's go hang out at the mall. And so you go to the mall and, right, you have now lost track of time. And it is pouring outside now, okay? And you're with your friends and and everything's going great. And suddenly it dawns on you, what time is it? And you look down, oh my, it's five o'clock. It's three hours ago you were supposed to pick up your mom from the salon, right? You run out of the mall to your car. It's now pouring cats and dogs, right? You get to your car and there's your phone that you had left behind. It is blown up with text messages and missed phone calls from your mom. Your heart sinks. You get in the car. You race home. You're going way faster than you ought to go. You hit the call back on your cell phone and you're thinking, what am I going to tell my mom? You know, the, the mall went on lockdown, okay? You know, I ran out of gas. I got lost, you know? And she answers the phone and it interrupts your thought process. And, and all you can say is all you can say. Mom, I'm sorry. I lost track of time. And there she is with a a new hairstyle gone awry, right? And she says to you over the phone, I know, I know. When you get home, take a shower right away and clean up because remember, your dad's boss is going to be here in less than an hour. Oh, and by the way, I made your favorite dessert. All the weight just goes off your shoulders. You're accepted. You didn't deserve it, but you're loved and forgiven. And when you get home, you can't do anything except go to your mom and just hug her to pieces. Psalm 32 says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. That's you. Relief, joy, accepted, blessed, loved. A lot of times today when when people pay off their mortgage, uh, they celebrate, right? This This is awesome. They paid off their mortgage. Well, I want you to know that the 
the debt of your sin mortgage has been paid in full. Congratulations. You're a dearly loved child of God. And so hear what Jesus invites to you tonight, and not only tonight, every single day, all of the time, he says to you, he invites you, come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. You are forgiven. Let's pray. Lord God, your, your grace is amazing. It, it doesn't make sense. We, we expect that there should be kind of like a contractual agreement here. We do this and you do that, and, and it'll all be good to accept that we can't uphold our part of the contract. And so you just throw the contract out and say, I'll, I'll just make a, a contract with you, but it's going to be all up to me. And so here's the deal. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to live again for you. I'm going to forgive your sins and love you no matter what. So come and have rest with me. Lord God, help us to receive this rest that you offer tonight and always, only and always through Jesus our Savior. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.